Hope is the dream of a soul awake. That's the title of this morning's talk. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23, and I'm promising to speak very slowly because we bless Coralie in all ways. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So, this morning we continue. I sound very boomy to myself. Is that just to me? It's just to me, is it? Okay, I feel like I'm in a real, I'm in some pools. <laughs> if I whisper, everyone's going to hear. It's all good. This morning, as we continue our series on faith, hope, and love, I want to echo those words from Ephesians. And my prayer for us this morning is that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us the riches of his glorious inheritance, because we are his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So that's what, where I want us to go this morning, that we would begin to know a bit more about this hope to which he has called us. The word hope, in ordinary English, if there is such a thing, is a generally positive word, but also slightly uncertain, yeah? So I hope that my favorite sporting team add what you want. There is Hamilton, some kind of footballing thing. I hope that they will win the championship, yeah? I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Sometimes it does. <laughs> I hope you have a good day. It's, it's positive but uncertain. But biblical hope says that the things that God has promised will happen. So when scripture tells me that God promises to be in me and with me and never to leave me nor forsake me, I can put my trust in that promise. Christian hope, our hope, is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will. As our song said, and all your promises are yes and amen. And these promises stand 
They stand in us as a dynamic reality, which open up new possibilities in our lives. Hope looks forward to the future, but is rooted in the here and now, in our relationship with God, here and now. That God who calls me to make specific choices based on the hope that I have. So the seeds of the future are found in a present relationship with God. And far from these things being our simple wishes for the future, with no guarantee that they'll come to pass, Christian hope is the presence of divine love. That God that promises to be in us and with us. And hope is the source of energy to live differently. Not according to the values of our society, not according to what we see around us, but based on being close to Jesus, our proximity to Jesus, and our reliance on the Bible and the promises that we find there. We were, we were talking in, in small group about hope and, um, on Monday, and we were talking about how sometimes it feels like it's a very emotional thing. And I think hope that is uncertain is a very emotional thing. But our Christian hope can feel emotional too, and our times of hopelessness tend to be those times when we've allowed our circumstances or our problem to become so big in our vision that we can't see God or his promises anymore. And we get grumpy with God. And the very moment that we should run to him or pray or open our Bibles or reach out for a touch is the moment we go, What's the point? God's not here. We fill ourselves with apathy and we declare God to be far away when actually we're the ones who have taken our eyes off the God who promises always to be in us and with us and never leave us. We are very quick to forget. Hope is all about holding on to God's promises even when it feels like everything is falling apart. And hope is all about perspective. What do we see? Do we see that somebody's run into a bollard and knocked it sideways? Do we see broken? Or do we see potential for something new, something different, something quirky in our lives? Hebrews 10, 22 to 25 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly, we're not doing unswervingly, to the hope we profess. (laughs) For he who promised is faithful. So the call of scripture tells us, draw near to God and hang on to hope. Hope is um, a defining theme in my life. Uh, When I was sick, when I first got sick some 14 years ago, people would come up to me and ask me, how are you? And I 
wouldn't really want to talk about it. But I also was beginning to build hope in me as I would tell them that God is good. Despite my circumstances, God is good. People were interested in my health, but I was building hope. And I have a certain hope that I will be healed sometime in this life or the next. I know that to be true. That's certain, but it's not the fuel that drives me. The hope that drives me is that God is in me and that he is with me in the midst of every day, of each day that is full of pain, God is with me. That's my hope, that Jesus is ever-present in my good days and in my bad days, in the light and in the dark, and every shade in between. My faith tells me I am secure in God. My hope sustains me in the dark. And there have been dark times on my journey. But in the midst of them, I hold on to promises. More scripture. This morning is packed full of scripture. Because I think if we have one to understand, we need to go back to the source. Hope is all about perspective. One Peter, one Peter one, yeah, you're one Peter one, three to nine, says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish nor spoil, nor fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, though for now a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We will suffer grief in all kinds of trials and tribulations, but we have a living hope through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a hope, we have an inheritance in the future, in heaven, but we also have that hope that God is now infused in everything we do. And again, this scripture says that we have access to this incomparably great power, that same strength that raised Christ from the dead. 
And yet so often we live in what Adam would call the poverty mentality, (laughs) that we don't have enough, we're so little, we're so small, but we have access to this incomparably great power. And God has promised he is in us all the time and with us all the time. So why, why do we find um, hope sometimes so difficult to, to access? Why do we find this incomparably great power so difficult to access sometimes? Well, I think for us we need to maybe start in a place where we understand that hope is not a static thing. It's not just something that is formed in us when we become a Christian. Romans 5 says, Therefore, I have, since we have been justified through faith, <laughs> we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. But not only so, we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. As we learn to rejoice in those trials, in the midst of those difficult times, in our suffering, in our difficulties day to day, we learn to persevere and perseverance builds character, and character, in turn, builds the level of hope we carry. We learn in the midst of our suffering, in our difficulties day to day, to persevere. It's a biblical virtue. And then we learn that hope can expand. We create space for hope to expand within us. Um, I'm going to show us a couple of clips Toby, if you can run up the first one to kind of try and illustrate my point. We're going to watch clips from Iron Man 2 because, you know, <laughs> I'm Sarah and what would you expect? <laughs> it's, not the best, it's not the best Marvel film in the world, but I think it illustrates our point. I think part of the reason people don't like it so much is that we see Tony Stark at rock bottom. He is not a happy man. And the tone of the beginning of the film is quite unhappy. He's dying. The technology in his chest, the nice round thing that you see in all the pictures, the thing that saved his life in the first film is now killing him. And he is in despair. He's entirely hopeless. He's signed over his company to Pepper Potts, his assistant. He's given some of his tech away to his best friend. He has tried everything, but neither his money nor his genius can save him. Then somebody encourages him to go back to some of the things that were written and presented by his father. We can see the first one. What is and always my greatest creation is you. Tony Stark in the comic books, in the films, has had not a great history with his dad. His dad was distant, in his words, distant and emotionally unavailable. And yet, in this time, in his greatest time of need, 
Tony starts to see things in a new perspective. His dad... Oops, sorry. His dad actually loved him. Something that he didn't know before. And in that moment, he begins to change. Now, nothing is solved in that moment, but the tone of the film entirely changes from this point forward because something in him, that proximity to his father and to the words of his father, has changed something in him and hope is born. Can I have the second clip, um, Toby? <laughs> Techno babble aside. What we see is Tony take hold of the hope that he found in that first clip that we saw and push through. He took his father's blueprints and in them found or re-found something that will change the world, the Marvel world at least. And when he is told at the end that there's no way even to get any further on, that yes, you've got this thing, you've got this new element, there's no way to make it, he doesn't believe it because he now has hope. 20 years dead and still taking me to school. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I think it's fairly obvious what we should take from this. <laughs> In our dark times, actually the first place we ought to go is back to the blueprint that God has given us. We should go back to scripture. Nothing I'm gonna say this morning is rocket science. <laughs> this is what we know we should do when things aren't good. And when things are good, where should our life be based? In the Bible. Read the blueprints. The Bible is full of promises. I found ones for me that sustained me and helped me grow hope. Go find the promises that speak to you, the ones that will sustain you and bring you hope. We've done lots today. Another one of mine is Psalm 23 one of the darkest times in our life. Um, I used to go to bed holding a carved rock with the word hope on it. Honestly, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and gone, what the heck is that, and found a ro rock with hope written on it next to you. But I needed and, and reciting Psalm 23 over and over again, because the truth is that God goes with us through everything. And the passage from Romans <laughs> that says, I will rejoice in my current suffering because suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because he has poured his life, his spirit into our hearts. His love into our hearts through the spirit he's given us has sustained me and built hope in me. Ooh. So, how do we be filled with hope? We read our Bibles, we follow the blueprints and find the promises God has spoken in our lives. And we rejoice. Vicky isn't here, but if she were, she would tell us <laughs> that we must always rejoice. It doesn't matter how you feel, feelings are irrelevant. Feelings don't come into this. We rejoice in the midst of however we feel and that choice builds hope in us. 
how to be filled with hope. Be thankful. Be grateful for what you have and stop obsessing over what you don't. Contentment builds hope. Look for the good. <laughs> oh, this one. So I was, um, well, maybe we're going back one, actually. Look for the good. I was accused this week. I don't think Lydia's here, but I was accused this week of having chronic positivity. I found a lovely website. I was like, oh, gosh, this website's called Hope Building Chronic Positivity. I'm like, oh, how exciting. And she said, yeah, you've got that. She says, if, that, um, if she came home and she said that um, you know, one of her legs had fallen off, I'd be telling her, yes, but look, you've still got such good, strong arms. Positivity is not a bad thing. Looking for the good in the midst of our difficulties, it's just a change of perspective. Hope is all about perspective. Yeah. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. If you look for the good, if you change your perspective, hope will build. When I, first, um, when I first got sick, one of the things God said to me very clearly was also, stop complaining. Which is fascinating, isn't it? Because I had an awful lot to complain about. But actually, as we complain, we rehearse the negative. We rehearse the things that aren't great in our lives. And the more we complain, the more we focus on the problem. The bigger the problem gets, the more hopeless we get, because we can't see God, because our problem is filling our view. Instead, he encouraged me, be present in the moment. Look for the good. Stop rehearsing the hurt and find beauty even in the broken things around me. And last, persevere because perseverance produces character, and character produces hope in us. Oh, wrong one. Pope, Pope Francis says, Christian hope is built on patiently enduring everything life brings, and knowing how to see God's presence and love everywhere. We have a living hope. A living hope that will never end and it sustains us when we endure suffering and when we have the best of days in the darkness and in the light. Proverbs tells us that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And if we put our hope in our finances, our education, our country, other people, eventually all of them will let us down in some way. But as the proverb goes on to tell us, a hope, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And if we long for Christ, if we see him as the fulfillment of all the promises, as our living hope, if we pull Jesus into the here and now, 
the way, the truth, the life. He will be life for us, strong and tall and fruitful like the most beautiful tree, right here and now, for every day and from now on. Trials will come, but we walk with the Good Shepherd. He is our living hope. In hope, we persevere and we overcome. Our challenge <laughs> is to take that living hope and let it be living in every sense of the word, deeply affecting and penetrating everything that touches us and touches our lives. That Christ's joy, his hope and love will shine through our lives that even though we suffer loss, Christ's radiance will continue to shine forth. Hope. Hope reflects belief. Hope believes in better, in, in the higher, in the possibilities. Hope rejects cynicism. People with a higher level of hope believe that though events may not work out, they will not be defeated. Hope is the dream of a soul awake. Let's awaken our souls. Let's stand together and pray. If the band would like to come back up. Thank you. I want to pray for each one of us that God will awaken our souls. Father, we pray, Father, that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, your holy people, and your incomparably great power for us who believe, that power that is the same as the mighty strength you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead. Help us, Lord, to change our perspective, to see it, our problems, our difficulties, our suffering differently, to hold on to the promises you have given us and search scripture to find and refine other promises that will sustain us day to day. As we look to you, Lord God, help us to see our problems through your eyes and see them through with your strength. Help us, Lord, to reject cynicism and fear and complaint. Help us to embrace a life of praise and thanks and love. Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength to patiently endure everything life brings, finding your presence and love everywhere. Build hope in us, I pray. Amen.